I think that one bit of advice is just really spend some time thinking about what do I care about? Who do I care about? And how do I go forward as, as strongly as possible, knowing that it's not a straight line because life isn't a straight line. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Balance Wealth, an advisory firm that views you as more than a number. We know you deserve to partner with a team of professionals who care about you and your goals and empower you to make educated decisions about retirement. Your success is our success. And at Balanced Wealth, we will be with you every step of the way. To learn more, visit balancewealth.com. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast. His name is Michael Kay. He is an author a certified financial planner, not necessarily in that order, founder of Financial Focus and the author of several books, including The Feel Rich Project. He's written for Forbes, Psychology Today, been named the top 100 most influential advisors by Investopedia. The list goes on and on and on. And so Michael was so nice to me many years ago when I was publishing one of my books. And I noticed that we both like to break money silence and we both had a similar philosophy to financial education. So I have invited him on the Breaking Money Silence podcast today to talk about a topic that I don't think gets much attention, if any attention, in the financial realm. And that is men and transition. So often you'll hear me or somebody else talk about women in transition, You know whether they're going through a divorce, recently widowed or retiring. There is more and more research coming out about that. But when I recently connected with Michael and found out what he was up to, I realized, wow, we don't pay a lot of attention to men in transition and the process that they go through as they age. So Michael started something called Chapter X, which I'll let him tell us about, and it's focused on helping men through that transition. So welcome, Michael, to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. Thank you, Kathleen. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to have this opportunity to chat with you and you know, the great work that you're doing in, in really opening up people's eyes and minds and hearts to how we live our lives with its greatest values. Well, thank you very much. It's going to be a fun conversation with you. I, I'm really interested about this new area I, that you're into. And uh, I want to just get curious a little bit with you about why and how did you get interested in men in transition, other than you're a man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, as an outgrowth of my, my work as a financial life planner, um, you know, and people would come in and they'd say, you know, we'd talk about their planning and uh, there was very little conversation about what are we planning for? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're going to come to the end of your work life and then there's this space in between, 
when you put your pencil down and the end of your life, and we don't know how long that's going to be, and we don't know what it's filled with. And I guess one story comes to mind, which really kind of made me really focus on it. And that was years and years ago, a a client came into me and he was, uh, he was a television producer uh, of a very well-known television show. And he came in and he, he, uh, and he threw these papers on the desk and he says, I can't take it anymore. I need to know if I can, you know, if I can, if I have enough to retire. And in it, in this stack of papers was his director's pension, which had the bulk of his wealth. And I took the papers and I kind of gathered them up and I ordered them and I turned them over and I pushed them to the side of the table. And he looks at me like, what are you doing? I said, well, before I tell you what, whether you can retire, tell me, have you thought about what does your life look like after you retire? What are you, what are you going to do with your life? You're not going to chase your wife around the house all day. What's going to make your life, what's going to get you out of bed in the morning? So I said, because until we understand that, how can I tell you whether you have enough? You know, if you tell me you're going to travel, well, what does that mean? Are you going to take the bus to Bear Mountain or are you going to take the Queen Mary around the world? They're both travel, but they have different price tags. So what is it for you and for your wife that is important? And he gave me that, you know, everyone knows the, you know, the, the, the expression of the deer in the headlights. Well, he was the prototypical deer in the headlights. And he looked at me with this blank expression and he said, I have no idea. And I said, well, then you really, you know, it doesn't matter what you have on this page until you have had the time to really think about it. You can't retire. You need to have some level of understanding. And he, he nods his head and I get up and go, he's getting ready to leave. And I go to shake his hand and he puts his arms around me and he, and he gives me a hug. And it, this was not a hugging man. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and he looks at me, he goes, thank you. He goes, this was the most important conversation I've ever had. And it really drove home the, the importance that like, as we're, as we go from one stage to the next, we have to redefine who we are, why we are and what our purpose is. I think, you know, it's interesting to me. So it came from, you know, working with your clients and the way in which you work, being a planner, having these conversations and really having this impactful conversation with one of your clients. And so what is interesting to me is that we often in the field, especially given my specialty in the financial services field, talk a lot about women in transition and the fact that women are overlooked in our financial services industry. And all of that is true and by no means has that gone away? But but I don't hear the conversation that you're bringing to the table, and maybe I'm just not invited to the right events of men in transition. Beyond, you know, do you have enough to retire? Do you have any sense of why we've skipped over that conversation or why we're not going there? Yeah, I I, I think I do, and it's because men are, you know, it, it's it's really challenging to invite men to go deep. Because this is not a surface conversation. This is really deep-rooted stuff. So think about, you know, and I'll say a typical guy, if, there, if such a thing exists, you know, from a, a young age being taught or shown by their father to, you know, you got to succeed, you got to work hard, you got to be better than the other guy, you've got to crawl over 
destroy the opposition. You know, it's very me versus you type of training that, you know, you're in competition with all these other people who want your, who are, want your slot and, you know, this seek and destroy me. It's just very, it's very martial. There's not a lot of, of space in there for, you know, hugs and hearts and flowers uh, about socialization, about having deep, vulnerable conversation. And that I think, you know, men, men can't show vulnerability. They can't show that because it, 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 that's weakness. And if you're weak, you're going to get stepped on, stepped over and, and skipped over and, and demolished by the competition. So the, the level of socialization is very different. Men haven't been given permission to approach their life other than uh, this idea of success. And what is and what's so interesting to me is, you know, and again, we're talking in broad brushstrokes in terms exactly. of gender, and there's always, you know, nuances and differences. Exactly. Um, you know, I always use myself as an example in that, you know, there's a lot of things that I do that would fit in kind of your typical female behavior. But if uh, we're out, you know, skiing, I'm not going to be waiting around for you. <laughs> I need to get down the mountain first. Exactly. So that's a little testosterone. But I think with financial services and with the idea of even talking about our finances, one of the things I have talked about in my work is the idea that, you know, women connect through their vulnerability and men are seen as weak through their vulnerability. And so when it comes to these types of conversations about life purpose, about values, even about, hey, I don't really understand my finances, I need a little bit more information, I think men are actually, at least historically, at a disadvantage because they haven't been taught how to do this. And certainly the fear from the few men that I've worked with is that there'd be a backlash in doing it. I could not agree more with you. In fact, as a planner, I would much rather work with a woman who is able and comfortable saying, I don't understand this, rather than the man who says, oh yeah, I, I know this. And you know they have no clue. And, and you know it, it's, a, it's a very delicate kind of thing to... To navigate because you know you're dancing with someone's ego and their sense of self, and you know, and I've I've always assured clients, listen, you know, if, if you're if you're a physician or you're a doctor, or you're it's like you do what you do. I can't do what you do. I don't expect that you know what I know because you don't do what I do, and so I completely respect what you know or what you don't know, and I. I welcome all questions and I, and I invite that vulnerability because there's no judgments. So once we can get people past that, it's a, it becomes a much better conversation. I, I, I don't have to work that hard uh, with women generally because they're willing to say, you know what? I don't know this stuff. My, my biggest challenge it, it, as a planner is getting women to stop apologizing yeah. for, for what they don't know. I could do a whole show on women and apologizing. Um, but yes, I think that there are these continuums, right? Of the women you know, too quickly saying, I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm really sorry. And men, you know, uh, faking it till they make it. But when we talk about generations, like as you're talking, I'm thinking about a couple of things. Uh, one, of course, my husband, because he's the man that's in my life the most, and he doesn't fit the stereotypes. But at the same time, I think 
Um, he certainly has been socialized in, in relatively the same generation as you. And I'm wondering if you think there's any differences with Gen Z or with millennials, or if you can even comment on on how that's shifting and changing. Because I think we're talking about boomers here or even Gen Xers. I, I think I'm, I'm, te- I'm talking basically probably more about boomers or, uh, and and that generation. It's hard. I, and I think, I think maybe the younger generation is perhaps benefiting more from boomers who didn't accept or didn't like what the way that they were trained about how they look at life. You know, I know for, you know, I have a son who's 35 years old and I've always, I've been very mindful of telling him like, okay, I don't know everything. I make mistakes. <laughs> uh, it's okay to be vulnerable. Uh, you know, and it, it's good to ask questions. Uh, and, and that was the opposite of how I was raised. My father was never wrong. He could never be questioned. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, and, and, and there was no such thing as ever being vulnerable. It was just, you know, you work your butt off until you die. Um, well, it, it, what, the reason I'm giggling is I can remember early on. Now, I've been married almost 25 years now, and we've been together 30. But I can remember early on in our relationship, I would ask a question, and my husband would be like, I don't know the answer. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? Because yeah. I was kind of socialized that, of course, you're going to know. If I don't know, you're going to know. Right. Um, so it, I think one of the things for people listening in to think about is to think about just noticing in their lives when they bump up against some of this um, socialization that we're talking about that's around gender. And it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about Chapter X. But before I do, I need to take a quick break. So I'm with Michael Kay. He is a fee-only CFP. He is the founder of Financial Life Focus, author of several books, and we are going to be talking a little bit more about his new endeavor called Chapter X after the break. Do you work hard, accomplish a lot, but still struggle to ask for what you're worth? Maybe you're good with numbers and finance, but find conversations about fees and salaries especially tricky. Or maybe you want to make peace with money, but despite your best efforts, you haven't been able to change your approach or build better habits that actually stick. Just something is standing in your way. If this is you, you can become a confident negotiator. I'm offering a masterclass in negotiation that will help you ask and get the compensation you deserve. You want to go to breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating hyphen masterclass and check out all the details. If you think you're a powerful woman who's ready to do some coaching with me in a group 101 and with an accountability partner, then definitely apply. And if you mention this podcast, I will give you 10% off the already reasonable fee for the course. I hope you will take advantage of this opportunity. And I look forward to working with you and getting to know you better and ultimately helping you become a confident negotiator. I am back here with my friend and colleague, Michael Kay. We are going to talk about his latest work, and that is Chapter X. So tell me a little bit about what Chapter X is, why it's called Chapter X. I have a guess, but I'm not sure. And then we'll delve into how this transition may be similar or different uh, for men than women. 
Okay, so Chapter X was really, I, I created this community, which I called Chapter X, uh, aimed for, for men transitioning to life after career. Uh, you know, who, who are you when you're no longer your job? What provides meaning and purpose? And I, I, I got the, the I, I took the name from, you know, my days, uh, I remember back to my days in, uh, in, in high school learning trying to learn algebra, uh, which I did never, never did. And, and it was always solve for X, you know, so. <laughs> Excellent. That is not what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. It was, so it, was, it was always solving for X. So we have to solve for who we become when we're no longer working. And I think we, we shared this is that I, as of, uh, this, as of January 1st, I, I have transferred ownership of financial life focus to my partner, Jeremy Levin, uh, who is you know 39 years old, young, brilliant, uh, very, very, very extremely capable, and I am in this transition myself. And while I am still involved with clients and the firm, uh, I no longer own the firm. I no longer it's no longer my space. Uh, it's just something I founded and created. But you know, there's a crisis there of definition. And there was a wonderful, I, I interviewed this, this uh, person, his name is Bruce Feiler, who wrote a book called Life is in the Transitions. And it, it's, a, it's a brilliant work. And, you know, he talked about this, this period of time between, you know, the something ending and something else beginning is the, this messy middle of kind of figuring out where do we go from here? And I've been writing nonstop about Chapter X and preparing for and uh, what makes it wonderful, what challenges health and fitness and uh, you know relationships and all these other things. But now I'm I'm in it up to my hips <laughs> personally, and it's a challenge. And I've always noted in in my clients that women, when it comes to transitions, especially this transition, seem to do it a whole lot better than uh, their male counterparts. So, one of the things, I'm just going to jump in here. One of sure. the things I heard about on NPR a couple of years ago is some report about men and socialization and the fact that men typically, uh, and we're talking the boomer generation, have, as they get married and they have kids and they get older and older, have fewer and fewer social contacts where on average women have more. And so that makes it a little bit difficult or maybe a lot difficult when you're transitioning uh, to retirement. I have watched both women as well as men transition to retirement. And, you know, some seem to go seamlessly and others tend to hit this, you know, period of depression or adjustment or who am I now? And I think part of what Chapter X sounds like it's doing is as opposed to waiting for the depression and figuring it out is being proactive and figuring it out before you take the leap. Am I on target there? Absolutely. The idea is, is to open up that door and show, kind of show by example that it's okay to let it out, to say, hey, this, I'm in pain here, or I feel really lonely, or, you know, just, and you use that, and talking about socialization, if you look at like Maslow's hierarchy, you know, part of it is socialization. And if, and if you, and men get a lot of their socialization at work, 
right? So what happens when that's no longer there? So we've been talking a lot about these transitions and how they're you know, different or what men need to consider. And we often talk on this show about women in transition. So instead of going down that path, I want to make sure when I have you here, Michael, that we talk about some do's and don'ts for men going through transition. Again, we're thinking more of the boomer lens, but it may apply to other people. And so I want to hear from you as to what men should be considering and then Selfishly, as a female, I want to know what women do that help and what women do that typically is not useful at all. Okay. Well, I think, you know, what men can do is, first of all, think about what might give them joy or interest or uh, experiences that they value and understand what is it that I value. And, you know, anyone who tells me, like, you know, I want to, when I retire, I just want to play golf. Now, golf, it's not my thing, but, you know, for many men or many people, they really enjoy it. But it's it's not a seven day a week, 24 hour a day kind of thing to do. So, and what happens if you can't play golf? So let's have a plan B and let's let's try and put as many things in the pot as possible. Who are, uh, so you want to think about what activities, what are you curious about? One of the biggest challenges is you're going from mastery back to novice. Okay. No one goes into retirement with mastery. They might have a mastery in what they did in their careers, but they don't have mastery in retirement because they've never done it before. So recognizing that, you know, that who they were before, while there might be some things that carry over, is not necessarily going to bring them through the next phase. So that understanding is really, really, really important. Curiosity, you know, it's like, what am I curious about? What are the things that I'd like to try? And then being able to say, you know, I tried this. I didn't really care for it and move on to something else rather than I have to, I have to master this. I can't give up. So exercising that curiosity gene, being willing to try, having a good sense of humor about what's going on you know, where you are is really important. Also having a really good handle on your health, you know, your level of fitness. What can you reasonably do? You know, can you climb Mount Everest? Are you physically able to? Is that something that you dearly want to do? That's, you know, those are things that you want to think about. What are the things you'd like to experience, do, be involved in? Is it a, is it a charitable pursuit? Is it a mentoring? Is it teaching? Is it learning? What are the things? The other thing is to who is in your community and community and all the studies have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that being a part of a community is so important. So if you don't have a community, you need to build one and you need to find people with whom you have commonality, who are interesting, meaningful, who you care about, your family, your friends, things like that. Uh, I think like the wheel of life exercise is a really great place to start to think about those things. And so, Michael, say a little bit, because I know what the wheel of life is, but I'm not sure all our listeners will. So say what the wheel of life is, because I think that's a good point. Yeah. So the wheel of life is is an exercise. It looks like a wheel and has various spokes that uh, have things like home, finances, community, spiritual pursuits, leisure activities. Uh, all the, there's different segments of it. And what you do is you go through and you kind of rate where you are. 
versus what you really want. And then you can use that kind of to focus in on, you know, what do I, what do I really want to do? Is learning important to you? Is, you know, community important to you? What are those things that are important to you? And if anyone's interested and they can contact me, I'm happy to send them out a, a wheel of life exercise for them to look at. Oh, uh, excellent. We'll put a link in the show notes to that. That's very nice of you. Sure. And, and your last question had to do with how can women... Yes, I want to know how, I want to know how women mess up is really the bottom line. Because I think that we do a great job most of the time. But I also know <laughs> from my husband, my father, and my male friends that sometimes we don't do a great job. So what are some of the things that men say, oh, I wish my wife or I wish my you know, mother, or I wish my sister wouldn't do this. Well, I, I think the, 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 I think one of the essential issues is, is, you know, men would much prefer that women could read their minds and the real would like that too. <laughs> right. Right. But, but men would like that so that they don't have to work. They don't have to actually communicate it. Ah. Right? There, right. There's a difference between being able to say, you know, I really feel horrible, or I really feel depressed, or I really feel disjointed, or whatever it is. And, you know, if you're this strong, you know, invulnerable, you know, invincible man, uh, then, you know, it's really might be really hard to actually verbalize that. So the thing is, is I think for women is to be able to approach conversation in a way that's non-judgmental, that's asking good, clarifying open-ended questions that don't create too much stress and go gent, you know, don't create too much stress and go gently. You know, I, I know that, you know, maybe recognizing the fact that I, that this can be a challenging time or maybe sending an article or here's one, sign them up for chapter X blogs that talk about these things and again, there's, it's, there's not like a, a fee thing or anything. We invite anyone to sign up and get my blogs or the podcast or things and just use that maybe as, as ways to open up conversation. So that's really the key is being able to communicate how you feel. And some men, I guess, are, are, are good at it. Some are really terrible at it, at being able to say, you know, I really feel bad. I know, my, like my wife was saying to me, like, I know you're struggling. And it's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll talk about it later. But right now, I really don't want to talk about it. But it, it's just, at least I knew that she knew that I was, you know, just in a rocky place. So, right. right. Yeah. And, no, I and, think, I think what you're saying is so true, because I think that in our desire to help many women, will continue to kind of expect the pace to be a little quicker. And what I know, I encourage people that I work with on communication, many of the men, is that you need to give the other person some time to process. And, and my processing level might be, or speed may be quite different uh, than the other person's. And so there's so much to talk about with Chapter X. I, I encourage everybody to sign up. I'm going to sign up even though I'm not a man in transition because I want to learn more about this. But I want to make sure, Michael, you leave us with one piece of advice. And I know this isn't easy, but if you had to say one thing you want listeners to be thinking about or an action to take, what would it be? I, I guess 
the thing that kind of resonates most clear, clearly for me is the idea of just spending time thinking about what you really value. And if you can align your values with your actions, you say, okay, well, does this, do I, wh- wh- why do I value this? And what can I do that aligns with that? Am I a learner? Will going, taking classes or, or courses be fulfilling for me? Then, you know, sign up for a class. Will learning how to cook be something that, that has, whatever it is that you have interest, that you might have interest in and go easy with yourself, you know? So I, I think this is a process that maybe for some is very, very simple. For many, it's really, really hard. I, I think that one bit of advice is just really spend some time thinking about what do I care about? Who do I care about? And how do I go forward as, as strongly as possible, knowing that it's not a straight line because life isn't a straight line. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. And so we will, again, include all the show, uh, all the things that you mentioned. We'll include links to the book, to your blog, uh, to Chapter X in general. Um, But if someone wanted to reach out to you directly, what's the best place for them to do that? Well, they, uh, I mean, they can find, they can find uh, information about Chapter X and contact me through uh, the website, which is, you know, www.michael.com. M I C H A E L F as in Frank K K A Y dot com. All one word, no spaces, and in it is are all the blogs, are all the um, the podcasts, which are also on Apple and Spotify and whatever. But I, I really and I do have many women who are subscribers, and and some of the notes that I get from them is you know that it's been helpful for them in terms of bringing information to the men in their lives. So it's, it's an interesting part in life. Well, thank you very much, Michael. It's always fun breaking money silence with you. And I'm so glad we got to delve into a topic that's new to me today. So thank you for uh, your expertise and your insights. Thanks, Kathleen. This is always wonderful to speak with you. And, and I appreciate uh, having the opportunity to chat about Chapter X. Excellent. Until next time. This episode is sponsored by Balance Wealth, an advisory firm that views you as more than a number. We know you deserve to partner with a team of professionals who care about you and your goals and empower you to make educated decisions about retirement. Your success is our success. And at Balanced Wealth, we will be with you every step of the way. To learn more, visit balancewealth.com. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.